great studio. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard that before. Deja vu. <laughs> I'm sorry we're a little bit late because I think we've had some technical issues to go live, but it's five past one. We're going to be going to five past three today. Welcome to the sixth episode of The Blueprint. Now and again, we throw a curveball and we go back to the original days. Way back. 88, 89, what an amazing time that was. But we're going to go back before that to the soul, rare groove, jazz and disco Dave. Uh, disco days, I should say, disco Dave. But, you know. <laughs> disco Dave. <laughs> and uh, this guy is just legendary. He's one of my heroes, one of my mentors, one of the pioneers of house music. If you used to go to uh, Heaven, uh, Land of Oz and Spectrum, um, he was a demigod up there playing music and people would flock from around the world to come to listen to the music. It was, it was the center of what was happening uh, that Paul Oakenfold put that night yeah, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and also I was 16 years old with my good friend, Johnny Holmes, RIP who's passed away now, but that was part of Mangled and yeah, yeah, yeah. Smelly's Lot. You played for them yes, 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 yes. Uh, in with Colchester. You. With you, yeah, and uh, at the Tarn House, and um, and also that that was for me the, the opening of where we are today. Because if there wasn't these guys, there'd be no us, and there'd be no digital DJs who are out there today. And that's the truth of it. That's the raw of it. That's the that's the that's the bones and of the whole thing. And if it wasn't for you guys. <laughs> Buying those records, playing those records, and myself and Mickey Finn running <laughs> and up. LSD and LSD, LSD, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming up into heaven and asking, "What the hell's this record yeah. without trying to be annoying?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and this guy, like, I mean, you've played to thousands of people. Yeah. First of all, Colin Hard, welcome. Thank you, thank you for the invite, Ray. No, no, thank you. I mean, this is lovely. I mean. This, this is really category A. <laughs> I, I think it. I think we're gonna we're gonna name check a lot of people today. Yeah. But I think for me personally, I've had two or three good bites at the apple because mm. I came from analog. Yeah. Um, where you would would have come from yeah. uh, eight track uh, uh, on then on you know reel to reel eight track then then uh, then dat and then from dat. You know, it was yeah. dub plates and then records, yeah. and then we went to CDs, and that yeah. was the beginning of the, di the, the digital era. When it all changed. Yeah. Um, but for us, I think, like going back to those days, uh, uh, the early days, there was no social media. No. You, you couldn't really see your idols or your heroes play because you were just. Up in that up cage, there, yeah. yeah, and 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 people would clap from the back to the to, to the front. Yeah, I remember yeah, 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 yeah. to show their appreciation. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you dropped tracks like "Strings of Life," and how did that make you feel? Do you know there's uh, Dave Durrell? You know, did yes, uh, pump of up the volume. Yeah. He's. Do you know some people put uh, what's your uh, you know the first name check? Um, people put what's your greatest memory, and he always puts up. Colin had chopping in because I had this thing, you know, with two records. Sometimes I buy two records because you might, I don't recall, you play two records primarily what it was for. You play them both at the same time. You get this flanging, phasing effect. And why have I, why have I licked my finger? Because I'm just about to touch the final. 
So you can push it in and out of phase and you get this like, you can do it electronically now with the buttons. and so, But you could do that and you could almost, you could play that sound. But of course you could just, Pull it back a little bit and get it a beat behind, and you could so so I dragged out the intro of dum 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 strings of life, the intro of the strings before it kicked in, so people didn't know what was going to happen. And I did it on that. There was also alternate. Not alternate. Alternate made a record from me doing it. You know, dum da dum dum da dum 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 da dum 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 da dum dum da dum. So I just drag it out like that. By the time that finished, I got the other one back. Stone made had a record out for a couple months. Now I'm thinking, I wish I'd, you know. But yeah, so that's what I did. But Dave Durrell put that down. It was a moment of his. He remembers in house music of being in Spectrum or Land of Oz. And how did that happen? You told me, okay. What happened was, Paul and I had been friends for a long time. Um, he was doing promotions for Power Promotions. He worked for De uh, Def Jam, um, taking PAs around and everything. <coughs> we both loved music. We both playing the music. We used to go around each other's house and play music. And, um, and I put him in, uh, I'd had him working at Flicks, um, he took over from uh, Robbie Vincent, funny enough, him and Pete Tong doing a new the romantic kind of indie night on a Thursday. <clears throat> so he did that for a while um, and that fizzled out. And uh, But I was buying a lot of, um, because I mix, I, I liked, I didn't, I didn't like the, um, the hip hop stuff, you know, NWA and all that. Mantronics, some of those real disco orientated Hip hop thing I could go for, but the likes of uh, NW, I just couldn't get it. And a lot of them, you know, Tongi, Oki, um, Nikki, they were all into the hip hop. But I was going to Groove Records and I, this house stuff started coming through, probably 86. And I loved the tempo of it. I've always loved fast disco music, you know, boarding on gays, some of it, you know, and gays, some of it, sort of high energy, fast. With house music, because it's about 100, generally 124. So I could play, I could introduce it into the cloud at Flix, where, where it was my residency. Um, and of course, if people are doing that and you bring another tune in, they're doing that. After a while, they go, actually, I don't know this. And they might walk and then you come back with another tune to recover it, something they know. Um, so I was introducing my house music in and, and, and playing it. And, and there's actually things up on me, Mixcloud account of me dropping the house tunes, you know, um, in 86. But um, as I say, I wasn't particularly into the hip hop. And then uh, Paul come round once. I think it must have been about '88, and I played him. Um, I was playing. We used to play each other music. You know, I remember going around his once and even playing me drum and bass. You know, and uh, one of the guys that was instrumenting the drum and bass. It, you know, when you sort of hear bits and you think, yeah, that's interesting. You know, that's something new coming up. So we'd always be sort of playing each other different music, and seeing what we thought about it. <coughs> And uh, he came round and I was, I was playing him all this stuff. I was going, look, there's this one, this one, this one. And, uh, and yeah, that was that. Then, of course, what had been known to me, him and a few others had gone to Ibiza, I think, that year. So, anyhow, one day I was sitting indoors and he phoned me up and he went, uh, we've got a gig for you tonight. I went, that's that. 
Yeah, all right. So he said, uh, yeah, I said, it's Monday. He went, yes, yeah, all right. He said, just be there at 10 o'clock. It's at heaven. I said, what do you want me to play? He went, all, all that housey stuff he was playing me. He went, but don't talk. I went, what, not, not talking? He went, no, don't say a word. Just, just mix it. I went, all right. So I filled up this box and I'm thinking, this is the easiest gig in the world. Because... Um, <laughs> All right, one of the flicks always be this is, that was, this Luther and Andros, that was blah, blah, blah. So the thought of just mixing and not talking was like, oh, don't get easy in that. You know, just play records. So then I've gone in there, I've got all these records I wanted to play. I'm on for two hours. I thought, so I looked down after 10 o'clock. I looked down because I walked in, I'm thinking Monday night. I walked in, it like, it's what Paul said, it's going to hit you like a train. Place was rammed. I bloody hell, so I've gone up, first record I've played, I've, 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 ten minutes in, I've looked down, the floor's mobbed. And I'm like, I'm like all these new tunes, like bang, bang. And I was on the crossfader, bang, bang. But I thought, my thing then was like, play as many records as you can in that two hours. And I remember Paul coming up to me at about 11 o'clock, he went, cool, why don't you get him going a bit then? <laughs> like laughing. I was like, yeah. So so that, that was that. Um... How long was you resident there for? I wasn't resident on... He, he called me that first time because Johnny Walker was resident with him. One of the guys had gone to Ibiza with him. And I, I was only doing um, odd Mondays. But then he asked me and Trevor to do Spectrum in Manchester. Can you imagine? It's like they've got Hacienda and everything. And we've gone up there on a Monday night, me, Trevor and Barry from the door, doing house, talking about Colton Newcastle and... And charging them, uh, charging them to go into a, a house night on a Monday night up there, Spectrum. So we were doing that. It was we were notoriously always late because we'd be Trevor. <laughs> He's <laughs> always late. <laughs> Shout out Trevor Funk, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, um, just whilst we're live, Dorian, I quite like the old Facebook one because that one, I've got to look at the side and look at where it's coming from, YouTube. Lots of people are involved right now at the moment. But really? If you could get back, yeah, we'll see some comments coming okay. up because we might even take some questions. But right now, this is the legendary Colin Hudd on <laughs> the blueprint. I'm so gassed and happy that he's here. Also, Colin's done the foreword of my book, which I... I um, which I haven't seen yet. You actually haven't. <laughs> you actually haven't. Uh, but um, I was very inspired by you. But I, I don't want to even jump into that yet because there's a, there's a lot of history. Yeah. Like you were talking about flicks, um, also like um, all the other clubs that you played because you were a soul DJ, right? Yeah. So so look, I. It, this started off in the 70s and it was like Wheatley Taverns. Wheatley Taverns used to have go-go dancers, which is a girl's heart dancing half naked, you know, which like they have in ministry, you know, podium dance. But it was girls dancing, all of this, go-go dancers. And uh, <coughs> we used to go to a place, uh, it was the uh, Harrow Inn, I think, on the 127, and the Circus Tavern and the Velvet, uh, Velvet, Velvet Lady above... And there was another one, which is Monaco now, which was a platinum blonde. What was the club that Chris Hill used to do? With that you? was the gold mine. So right. he was at the gold Can mine. Gold and mine. I went to the gold mine as well. But then the first residency I got was the Monaco, which was platinum blonde. But So I'd started off, I wanted to be a DJ, but I, uh, this girl I was going out with, I said, look, you could be the go-go dancer and I'll, I'll, I'll DJ. 
And I got the equipment and I put myself up with DJ and go-go dance. Well, I, was, I got booking, she didn't. So, And that was the start into it. And then I went from mobiles. My first residency was in Monaco. Um, I can't remember. It wasn't much money. I'd gone from earning a lot of money as a mobile to not a lot as a... Who as taught a, you how to mix? I taught myself to mix, yeah. Um, yeah. But... Um, so I did that. So you started on Citronic, Citronic decks or Garrard no, decks? I can't remember. Yeah, probably Garrard. Garrard. It wasn't, that wasn't mixing. It was all then, you Fading, know, when I was at Monaco, there was a band on as well. So you'd go in between the band and I was doing the comparing as well for, hello. <laughs> 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 um, I'm getting a bit warm. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was certainly with comparing and introducing acts and all this business. And, uh, you know, all stuff you learn, you you can learn your ropes, didn't you? I remember having the Minotones there, and uh, they were the guys that used to be in the uh, RTD tour, whatever it was, the little, you know, um, the two uh, dwarf guys, or you know, Stunley Grove, or whatever, and they, you know, they used to appear down there. So I'd have all these acts and everything. What, I remember watching South End Pier burn down while I was at the Monaco. No. Yeah, 77, I'm thinking it was. I remember no one was in the club, everyone was up at the, 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 the water edge looking at this smoke, you know, to. That was that. So <clears throat> at the same time, I put in for a job in a place in Norfleet called Wings, which is part of a pub called the Battle of Britain. And that had, I remember going over and doing doing the interview and it had an illuminated, just opened up and it had an illuminated dance floor, just like Saturday Night Fever. And I remember starting there with a mate of mine, Steve Wood, <coughs> rest in peace. And um, I remember having a dancing competition there on a Tuesday night. Well, tell us some of the tracks that you were playing. Oh, then was uh, oh, Ever Must Be Missing an Angel, Delirium, Francie McGee. Um, oh, Dance, Dance, Dance. Yeah, I was a uh, freak out, a chic, you know. Classics. Old, classic disco tunes, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, then, I was, you know, Saturday Night Fever as well. And it was great because Saturday Night Fever just... Bolstered, you know, whatever anyone says, <coughs> love it or hate it, it got everyone back into disco. Got everyone fed up with disco as well. And even the Bee Gees say that, but um, yeah, it got everyone back into disco. Um, yeah, Odyssey, Native New Yorker. I mean, there's a track that should never be remixed, you know. So, um, Players Association, um, just great, great disco tunes. <coughs> um, so from there, while I was there, a girl came up to me and said, um, and she, she used to read the li licensing things going up, and she went, oh, someone's um, applied for a license in, in, in Dartford for a nightclub, and it used to be a bingo hall, but before that it used to be a cinema. And um, so I got in there really early, and uh, the guy came down to see me at, at um, Wings. He went, you applied for a job for me at... Um, and was at Monaco when I left the Monaco. And he had another club down there, and there was three clubs. So there was the gold mine, Monaco, and Bardo's. <laughs> Bardo's had the nickname of the flying bottle. <laughs> yeah, you know. So if you couldn't get in the gold mine, the next one would be the Monaco. And if you couldn't get in the gold at Monaco, you'd be at but so you know that wasn't the best place to be. So he gave me the job. And then between this time, I'd also got a job after auditioning at the gold mine. Chris Hill had left and gone to Lacey Lady and they didn't have a DJ at the gold mine. And I auditioned that for a, for a month, uh, you know, for one month. They had four different DJs auditioning. I got that 
So I was doing the wings and the gold mine. And then Mike came down and saw me, the owner of Flix as it was to become, and saw me work. And he went, look, you can have the job up there. And I started at Flix. And Robbie Vincent was doing Thursday with Jeff Young. And I was doing Friday and Saturday, playing similar music, you know. That's when I, you know, really delved totally into soul music, soul and disco. And at that time, there there wasn't that many venues playing black music. It no. was a very, very specialist thing. And that's what I'm saying, yeah. as I was saying before, you guys paved the way for guys like me to have an identity and also to have a connection. Yeah. Because there was, there, there was this growing up in a tough uh, UK in the 60s and the 70s yeah. and even in the 80s and not really knowing where you fitted. And yeah. I used to jump out my bedroom window and I used to go to um, the embassy suite on a Sunday and right. I used to watch uh, DJs like Gary Soul, mm -hmm. uh, um, Dave Malone, um, the, the, these uh, Mr. Toast, these were all the guys, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Dixon, we loved Dave Mr. Malone. Toast, and, and these are the guys that we were inspired because at the same time, I was listening to Tony Blackburn when he was on Radio Caroline, and yeah, yeah, also yeah, yeah. then it was Robbie Vincent that was on Radio One, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and that and it was on Radio London, wasn't it, Robbie? Radio Vincent, London, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. So these were the guys that we were able to go, hang on a minute, there was John Leach on Essex Radio, he came along a little bit later, later but yeah, and then yeah. there was Buster Brooker on Radio Allwell yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's where my catchment area was Ipswich and obviously Colchester yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it, 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 it became very I mean what I noticed in my writing the biography with my co-writer Dave Jenkins shouting that Dave Jenkins out um, everything happened so quickly yeah and I, I think was that the same for you well, so do you know what it's uh, funny enough uh, for second name I was without with Oakenfold the other couple of weeks back and come over and um, we was talking about, about yeah I can remember I mean I'm lucky I've had two bites at chair I've had the whole soul funk and uh, all that scene and flicks um, and do you know what one of the glass clickers said you know at the time you didn't realize what was happening. He was part of something that was quite special. When you look back at it, you think, wow. And I can remember walking in with, with Paul and we were saying, you walk past that queue on a Monday night with our record boxes and, and extended arms and, uh, and he said, God, what we started here, you know. But you kind of, you kind of took it, not took it for granted, but it just how it was. And when you look you back- You was in the think, moment. Yeah, and yeah. you look back and think, wow. Now you look back. Yeah, I look back you know, and I go, and, and like the things you say to me, and I, it's, it's like um, uh, Ellis Ellis Dave always credits me for inspiring him, and I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, he's, you, you was. And it's only recently I've, I've seen that he's put it up and post and, and tagged me in it, and and I always remember. I remember the two people I remember are you and Mickey Finn. Mickey Finn was a sort of he was sort of up against the cage like that staring all the time. But I remember you always used to come up, and you were always. Because normally people are a pest, but you were always so respectful, but you were always passionate. And you could see that, you'd be like, oh, what, what was that tune, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you, you always had, you've always had that humble side to you. And it was like, and I've always said, you know, it was a pleasure talking to you because you, you, you'd be like that, that desire of, what was that track? What, what was that one you played? And, you know, um, and I remember Mickey Finn, or you, Mickey Finn used to think I played everything at plus eight. 
I mean, I didn't, but there was this myth that went around. I everything he plays is plus eight, but sometimes it have to be plus eight to get it into that one to get it down to that one. So, yeah, but, yeah. So I, I, I do. I remember the two people I remember are you and Mickey Finn more than anything. It changed <laughs> our lives because we were the new <coughs> kids on the block, and I remember standing there with with, with my my friend, bless him, R.I.P. Johnny Holmes, and we used to get like ten of us to go up on a Monday. And we'd get there about 10 yeah. uh, uh, or half 10 because you had to queue to get in. Yeah. But by the time you got in, and it used to finish at four, didn't it? Three. Three, that's Three. it. Yeah. So, and I used to finish, go straight back home, go have a work. wash and go work. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be smashed. And all my pals, of whatever they were doing, they'd still make it to work. But I was like, and that experience of just hearing the sound mm. because it was one yeah. of the best sound systems it in london it was turbo sound rig you know it like amazing. it was it was uh, that turbo used to hit you in your chest and i just used to think i used to come out there and i just used to look at you guys and i used to think that is hopefully going to be me mm. one day and i listened to you johnny walker yeah. cole cox okey yeah. um i think bob jones uh, played up there I think um, Tom Tongy had played up there a few times Trevor there was um, Alex P um, I don't think Alex P did heaven I recall he, no he done he rage a, he took over uh, yeah. legends after but, me as but, well. but these are the guys that I watched whether it was Spectrum Land of Oz yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. Rage there, there was a colourful kind of talent. There was Dominic Spreadlove as well. He yeah, used to yeah. do Rage, yeah. and really and truly, this is was this was the, the 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 groundbreaking scene that would later go on to a Thursday for Fabio and Groove yeah, Rider, yeah, yeah. and and they 88, 89, 91, 92, that massive explosion yeah. of jungle drummer bass. But I just want to take you back because. Coming out of the soul scene and playing records and doing what you're doing, you are now like playing in London, yeah. playing in Ibiza, yeah. and going on tour with people like you too. That that was that was '93, but I mean, what, what happened was, was the same time as Oki again. Oki had done that for me, and then he phoned me up. It was funny because he forgets all this. He said, "How do you remember all this?" <laughs> So don't drink anymore. <laughs> um, so he, he phoned me up. He went, oh, I've, got a, I've got a gig for you. So I can't do it anymore. He was getting really busy because of the Mondays. He went, uh, he said, uh, it's, uh, it's Legends on a Monday night. He said, it's Club Trick. I went, okay. He went, yes, yeah, so I can't do it anymore. He said, like, whatever it was, I'll, I'll get you 100 quid on it. Blah, 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 blah. The guy called Paul Dennis was doing it. And um, so I went up there and there was a guy before me called... Well, I don't know his name, Scottish Jerry, um, DJ'd, and he was playing all the stuff that I would have kind of played back in Flick stage. You know when someone's getting value out of a record box, you think, oh, he's, he's playing all the good tunes of some music he's got. And it wasn't just soul or disco or whatever. So uh, then I'd go on after him, do the same thing as I was doing, that, and it was really quiet, really quiet. And I've, in my head, I'm thinking, I oh, know why Oki's giving us this. It's going to go. I'm going to be. After <coughs> four weeks, and bearing in mind, I'm also doing a gig now with Bob Jones in South End called Club Art. That's packed. Absolutely packed. It was like, no one knew it. Yeah, really, really clever. <coughs> and uh, so I'm doing this gig, and I'm sitting at the bar at the end of the night, and Paul Dennis is there beside me. And he went, well, make the most of it next week. That's why I said, he went, I think it's going to be our last one. 
said, why is that? He went, you saw his light tonight. I went, yeah, so what do you want to do? So he went, ain't, ain't busy enough. So I said, do you want me to help? I can't believe the arrogance. No. He went, well, what can you do? I went, well, how busy do you want it? He went, ooh. <laughs> so I told it to the South End crowd, which we had a really big following. South End made legends happen. The next night, the next Saturday, it was cute. <laughs> and I always remember you have a guy on the, on the door, a guy by the name of Angel, who was just, it was the classiest doorman I'd ever met, apart from Barry. And uh, he was just a proper style guru as well. And um, I can remember him coming over to me and there's a friend of mine that turned up, Mark Berman. And of course, he's in, I mean, you don't remember, there's all the day glow and the floats and everything. And he's outside with his yellow top and his day glow shorts on and just come over and went, Cole, he says a friend of yours. And I was like, I said, he is. And Mark's going, I'm really sorry, I didn't realise, because if you knew Legends, it, it was such a... It was a very classy... Classy, yeah, dressy, yeah. you know. You, you'd be, you'd be <laughs> going in, <laughs> suited like, and booted, like... like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Big and, and Mark's going, I'm, like, I'm really sorry. I'm really, I'm, I'm, and, and, and I just go, well, look, I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> but wait, is, is he really with you? It's like, yeah, yeah, just this time. Um, and that was it. From that day on, it went through... The roof legend. That leg there was legends. There was Fidenzies. There was a few places. Fidenzies, yeah, Fidenzies was, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was. A, but but there, the there, main there, place was yeah, legends. I yeah. I remember uh, warming up for Paul Trouble Anderson yeah, over there. Yeah. Obviously, that was a good few years, yeah. or maybe around the same time, probably 90, around what, 93, yeah. yeah. coming out of '88, because it seemed to seemed to start changing. How I think '88, I noticed a lot of different types of and stuff was coming up that I didn't know because there was a time with the Balearic scene when it, it was just good. You know, you played it because it was good. You know, there was, you know, some of the Italio sort of stuff. Sweet it didn't Sino, matter. Yeah, all of yeah. that. You played it and some stuff that was a bit off key, you'd still play it even if it was a bit down tempo, like stories. Um, but then suddenly there was this stuff people were going, have you got any two step? And if you got, and I was like, I don't know what that is, you know, and, and then, they, then they we're asking for hardcore. <coughs> I'd started working in Quaff Records um, on a Saturday with, with Roy, Roy the Roach and, uh, and kids would come in and you'd play them with record and, and I'd, go, I'd go, what, do you like that? And they'd go, yeah. And you could see they were kind of happy that they liked it and I didn't, you know, because it was something. It was a big change. The only though. time my daughter and I disagreed on music and we'd, we'd drive back and... Do you like something? So, yeah, I like that. And then one day we were driving on, she went, so, Dad, do you like jungle? I went, nah, what about you? She went, I love it. And I went, I went really? So she went, oh, yeah. And up to that point, I thought people who like jungle were all into speed, you know, and, and, and drum and bass. I just couldn't make that leap. It was a bit, to me, it was a bit like hip-hop. I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't, didn't want to fake it and pretend to like it. You know, some people do with music, but um, Jungle was the same. I was like, no, it's not, you know. And sometimes I go to Rage and I thought, no, it's, I'm uncomfortable with that, you know. But that's uh, good because you stuck to what you love. And I yeah, think, exactly. I think you can tell there's a lot of DJs, even when we go on now, um, 
that you can tell that it's just they're doing it by a numbers game. Yeah. And and if I ever get like that, I'll hang my headphones no. up because I don't want to play like that. No, that's, I, I want to yeah. play yeah. like how you play yeah. Yeah. with all the passion yeah. and feel it in my heart. Yeah. And I think the day that that happens, I actually have to hang up my headphones and go, I can't play this anymore. Do you know no, what I mean? That's right. That's right. Do you know, we we did an oldies night at the... Um, Oldie did an oldie night. And Paul did a back to 89 night at the ministry once. And we got on there and we playing and everything. And halfway through, we came out and we went, we went, I ain't enjoying this. And I went, no, you know why? Well, I said, because we love playing new music. And, and even now, you know, with great respect, sometimes get booked for an oldies night and I'll do it. You know, sometimes get booked for flicks night and I'll do that. But I haven't got the passion. I still love playing new music. It was always, I said to Paul the other week when we were together, I said, we were always about new music. But I think when you're you know, an innovator, you, you don't live in the past. No. You go forward. No, and you're, you're the same, aren't yeah. you? If, if, 100%. I'm beats. always evolving. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, exactly. I can't change what I did 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. I'm grateful for it. Or you become that rock and roller who's got the DA <laughs> and the drape coat on and goes, you will never be as good as it was. But you, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I don't want that. I, I want to I wanna change... A, 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 as long as I can understand it, and as long as I can put my own version on it as a producer, then then that's what, what I feel would would be good. Um, cool. Blimey, it's going. Time, <laughs> time's ticking on, and I, I can't even see the live chat, Dorian. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to go back to the old Facebook, and so then and then I can see that on the feed. Maybe we're going to do that later on. Uh, any, stories any stories about, about fledgling producers? producers. Oh, so was there anybody that you that you um well you talked about alternate there was there no but I mean at one point people were bringing you music like 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 that you'd go people would yeah. I I see people bringing white labels yeah. to rage uh, yeah. uh, sorry on a Monday I, to I, Spectrum and I, giving it to you I had the first I had the first one and I didn't even know this I put something up. I know it's a really commercial record and everyone got really sick of it, but one of my favourite house records is Where Love Lives. Alison, and it's a Knuckles, it's yeah. a Knuckles mix. And I used to play... Listen, that's a uh, banging tune. Yeah, but I used to... Yeah, a lot of people, it's their most hated... A bit like Korea, you know, so overplayed. But I used to play the instrumental with the, back, the dub plate, which is lots of strings, and then go, obviously, another copy and go into the, the vocal. And... Um, and I, I remember putting something up about it once, and the girl went, yeah, you was the first to have it. I went, right, well, how'd you know that? She went, I'm the person that gave it to you at heaven. She passed it over. <clears throat> but it was one of those tunes, I just loved that. It's the joy of mixing, in it? Where you can play that instrumental, other, other, other tunes, and, yet, and underneath something else is coming, dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. And um, it's got that soulful vibe yeah, about it. No, yeah, it went to knuckles, and it, you know... <laughs> But I, the other thing was... Did you uh, get to play in America? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you that in a minute. But what I was going to... Yeah, no. Um, that was the same time Paul said to me, when I've got a gig for you in, uh, in, in you know, uh, these people want you to play in a place called the Palladium. And the Palladium was where they actually filmed MTV. So when you went into the club, they were all... It was really kind of surreal. Part of the club was blocked off, but it had all the props for MTV, these big square boxes and whatever they use. And uh, <clears throat> and I can remember playing 
there that night and they picked me up from there what's it and put me in this designer hotel this is one night yeah picked me up on the friday and planned Saturday and then on sunday and uh and i can remember uh Still playing at four o'clock in the morning, and I was just like, "Oh, come on!" There was three people still dancing, and two of those people were at a delight. You know, the guy with the sat, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, "It's really nice." Oh, we should just go home. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple dancing, and then they liked it so much they got me back the next week. And um, I think for one reason or other, I, I think I blew it in the, in the next week. But uh, but it could have been a residency, one of those you know sliding door moments where I. Probably messed it up for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, done New York uh, a couple of times. Um, but how never... do, you, do you? I mean, do you realise how many people's lives you've actually changed, or or was it kind of a blip in a memory of like a, you were in them in the moment, and then suddenly it's like ten years have gone, and and then and then it's only it's only later that it's changed. <clears throat> And I, I'm going to tell the story because I can remember. I, just, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I'm going to because I, we, I wanted to ask you about Dr. Bob Jones because every time I saw you in heaven, yeah. he was your, 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 Bob your, Jones. Your, Bob Jones knew more about house music. I mean, they call him. Because it Bob. was you two were always no, together. Always. We were living. We were living oh, together. Right. Yeah, yeah. I broke up with my wife, and we'd, I'd moved in. Oh, this is mad. So I moved in. You know. I was meeting with my mate in, in, in uh, Dartford, and then finally Bob said, look, no one here, come over, we've got a spare room. So I moved into with Bob Jones, me and Bob, in a place, which was a cottage, called The Cottage, and then I remember Bob sent me once, he went, Chad, just found out something. So I said, he said, well, cottaging is a term. He said, there's guys. I went, oh, yeah, he said, well, look, me and you, two blokes, living together, in a cottage, in a place called the cottage. I mean, it's not looking good. <laughs> so, so, yeah. We but I would be with him. He would tell me stuff. I mean, he always knew his stuff about soul and funk. He's, he's, a, he's a legend, you know, memory man. But he'd tell me stuff about um, house music. And I'd be like, do you know this? You know, he's a reader. He reads and knows and he'd go, oh, that's Santa. He used to be Dr. with Santa. Bob Jones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. So he would come up with me. Um, me and my mate Nobby used to drive. And uh, Bob would be with us. And he loved it. Bob Jones, I made a record called Mental that you know about. Bob Jones well, is go, in, going back. Bob Jones is in the video. Is he really? <laughs> He's in the I've, video. Got, I've, I've got to see that. No, I've got Bob to see Jones, that. Bob Jones, you go and Manic MC's Mental. And I had, you know, I'd like to have Bez the dancer in the Happy Mondays. Bob Jones was telling me all about Bez and went, you can be our dancer. <laughs> so Bob Jones has got a ponytail on. Well, we've all got ponytails. I've got a ponytail in it as well. And I'm doing all this. And Bob Jones is going past like this, dancing. <laughs> and every time I post it, Jones is going, thanks for that, Cole. But going, going back, and not a lot of people will know, or maybe if you were from that area, you would realise a lot of the house music was coming from the gay clubs in New York and coming over yeah. uh, and was in Ibiza. And that was really the structure of when everyone was popping what they were popping, mm. the Summer of Love 88. Yeah. It really did bring people together, yeah. whether you was white, black, brown, Asian, a doctor, straight, gay. Yeah. There was no... 
di- di- discrepancies of who you no. were. It was just everybody together. was together. together. Do you know well, what I mean? There was a time my friend walked into, I think you said. Because there was a lot of stigma before yeah, that. No, and, a, fr- and, 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 a friend of mine come into Legends once and he went, he's going to kick off tonight. I said, why is that? He says, a firm here from, from, from Chelsea. He said, I oh, know it's going to kick off. He came over to me an hour later. He went, I can't believe it. He said, Sons just come up and he said, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to give me a slap. He says, put his arms around me and told me he loves me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, that, that in itself, culturally, I think changed the whole music industry to it where... T- it took violence off the... Off the um, oh, without off, a doubt. Out of the, without um, a doubt. The, the stands pe- in yeah. the football, yeah. you know. Yeah, because people then were... It was the first time that you'd seen couples integrate. 88, 89. Mm. And before that, like I'm going back to my mum and dad's age, it was very rare that you would see yeah, a, a, yeah. a, a, a coloured couple together, no, white, that's and right, black, that's white right. and brown. And there was a lot of stigma towards yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 so yeah. again, you guys were very responsible for, again, a massive culture change, which would then carry on four years later, 88, so 88, 89, 91, 92. 92 is really when we started to come through and graduate (coughs) to get to 93, 94, which was our golden years, like it it was for you, 88. So I wanted to name check some DJs. There was Paul Trouble Anderson, um, God bless him, RIP. There was... um, Colin Favour. Colin Favour. Fat Tony. Yeah, Fat, Fat Tony. Tony's um, still, you know. Trevor Fung, Trevor Trevor's Fung. brother. Um, there was also um, Lyndon C. There was a, a few other guys I remember. Um, HMS, uh, Colin Dale. Yeah. I was resident with him um, at Slime Time because we, we used to slime do... Slime Time. Slime Time. <laughs> What's the club around the corner from heaven? Lime Sa- No, oh. Sound Shaft. Sound child. So we were, we used to do that, I think, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Um, yeah, well, Loki used to do Future in there, didn't he? That's on the third, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what that energy that you got from fr- from playing to the crowd? Can you can you describe that to us? Because I know what it felt like on the dance floor. But how did you feel when you were up there? But you know what I. It's a really, it's a really weird thing, and part of me wishes I'd embraced it more because I, I just used to look at all I used to do was look at the floor and make sure that, I used to pick an empty spot, and I'd, I'd want that to be busy, you know that, and and and. Uh, so you still had the mentality of playing at flicks is like, yeah, I'm gonna make yeah. sure that I keep the floor. I want to keep the floor. I want to keep all the, about and yeah, keeping and, the floor. And give give them their, their both their due. That was the only two DJs that used to say that to me was Fungi and Oki was it's reading the floor. Because a lot of people just you know how many DJs go out there now and they play something and they've got their set all worked out and if and if it doesn't work, I work. What do they do? I mean, I my old thing was when I was mixing, try and mix anything. Anything, you know, and if it didn't mix, try even harder to, to mix that in. Um, and that was the fun of it. I've got to tell you the funny story. In the, when I was at Heaven, because, you know, I used to be on a crossfade all the time then. I didn't, I wasn't one of those. I was like, bang, 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 bang. And um, so it was a rain mixer. It's the same ones I used to have in Paradise Garage at the time. And uh, I remember the third time I went in there one day on a Monday and there was these, the, the two Sound guys that were in there. And he's, he got the sound engineer, he came up, he went, Colin, we love what you do. He said, but that's the third time we've changed the crossfade slider. He said, I'm going to give you this. He was metal fatigued. 
I've got it indoors. I should have bought it. And there's a lug he used to break off. Well, I used to slam it every time. It would metal fatigue it. He went, he said, and he said how much it costs him. He said, every time, he said, we have to strip it down, we have to put a new crossfader in. He went, he went, please, can you try and be a little bit more gentle with it? So I've actually got the crossfader. I'll keep it, you know, and you can see the lug's broken off of it. I mean, I, I've had some of the most uh, amazing nights just as, as a young DJ and and to me any DJ should go and listen and be on the dance floor and most of the people that have done testimonials that were that were coming into Jungle who had come to see me play when we yeah. were already because people forget that we were like um, established house DJs yeah. just after you yeah, guys yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we'd come straight through you know and we were all playing at Astoria we were playing for the Crazy Club mm. uh, there was Weekend World there was there was so many of these these the these warehouse um, and outdoor raves, but then it, it kind of fizzled out for you. Like it, you, you went on tour with you two. That was ninety three. Yeah, that, that was we nine, that was ninety three. That was another one. Oki phoned me up. He's always Oki to go. I've got a gig for you. And I got what he went. Well, I can't tell you much about it at the moment. He said, but we're going to be working all through summer. He said, I can't do all the gigs. He said, I'm going to share them with you. He said, and you'll be playing between. 30,000 and 120,000 people. And I, so I'll tell you more about it tomorrow. I put the phone out for someone's got a big scene going abroad, you know. And I'm, I'm looking through, it wasn't Facebook, I'm trying to look through Disco Mag and all that. Who's got something, who's something, something going on, you know, some, some event sort of thing. And yeah, and I was with this partner at the time, was a girl called Julia, and, and she was like, I'm trying to think, Chud, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. Anyway, rang me the next day when, um, he said, right, I don't know what it is. He said, uh, we're, we're, we're performing with you too. He said, and I, like, I don't want you to be spooked because there's ways of dealing with it, brother. And I was like, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't, I don't even know most of their records. I know a couple. The mo mate of mine by this time was living with another mate of mine in grade, Bill Locke, and he went, here, here's your own work. <laughs> He's given me this um, album of, of you too to listen to. And then... Uh, and then Paul said to me, "Went you've got to, uh, you've got to have an interview with someone to see if you're people like us." And a guy called Fintan Fitzgerald, obviously Irish, had an interview with me, and um, you know to see what I was about. Obviously, I can't, you know, with a major band, and uh, and that was it. You know, they they accepted me to go on there, and uh, the next thing, me and Paul was going down to. You know, I don't know if you know, by the M1, there's these big aircraft hangars, and it's where they built uh, R101 and R. You know, the um, air balloon things, massive things, great big doors on the front. <coughs> and uh, they were practising setting up stage there for you too. They, and, you know, riggers were practising how quick they could put it up, take it down, put it up, put it down before they went out on Zeropa as it was. So so that was it. Um, yeah, we did we did Zeropa. I did 20 dates and Paul did 20. And it was mad. You know, there we are, you know, police escorts and... I I I like I walked off stage as um who did um uh, walk on the wild side? Lou Reed. As I walked off stage, Lou Reed was going on. And I, I can remember there was um stereo MCs were appearing, they had the backing girls there and in Cologne, because we'd have we'd have names on the door, dressing rooms. Yeah, dressing rooms, you know, Colin Hunt, Zeropa. As I come out of my dressing room, Lou Reed and I was standing there you know when you have a moment cause I'm still a fan of all of it of you course. know and I looked there and I was like 
I'm like, slow read. Slow read. And this girl's come walking past one of the girls from uh, back and singing. She went, what are you looking at? I went, slow read, isn't it? She went, who's that then? No, but she's a young girl. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like people don't know who's Colin Hudge, you know. More people, all my, my people I speak to, young people, when I say Ray Keefe, you know Ray Keefe? My daughter was mad. When she come along at my 65th, my daughter's blown away. She went, Ray Keefe's there. I went, what do you know him? She went, I've heard of him. I said, I've got his, I like his music. But this is the travesty of what I'm saying to you, right? And, and sometimes it hurts me, and it hurts all of us, is people just think that, we're, I mean, we've been around for 30 years, yeah. but before us, there was you guys. Yeah. And if it... If it wasn't for you guys putting this found, I can't actually describe it any more passionately than what I'm saying is, if there was no you, there'd be no us. And you really did the groundwork, like I said, playing black music, playing gay music, um, kicking down the doors, you know, of oppression, you know, coming through Thatcherism, it was a tough time to be uh, working class. Yeah. But we had this solidarity and the solidarity was music and, yes. and, and, and it was breaking down the boundaries. And what, one, of the, one of the things that I feel is if I'm a present DJ, i.e. I came from analogue into digital, I've been able to adapt. But for you guys, it was such a big change. I mean, you do it now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. who would have even thought that we'd be playing CDs, that we'd be playing USBs yeah, or airdropping yeah, yeah, yeah. off of your phone? Yeah, One of yeah. my artists came around my house the other day and went, yeah, Ray, I'll just airdrop it to you. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm just going to airdrop it onto your <laughs> Mac. And I was like, okay, cool. But you don't, you don't foresee... That change, um, even when you had, going back to when you had that tune, Mental, mm. that was a, such a massive underground tune, just yeah. like The Shaman with Mr. C. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it was it was fighting the system, and but it was, and everybody was going mental at that point. Eight, well, that, eight, that was the thing, because it was funny, because me and Oakley were both trying to make tunes then, I can remember, because he was, Obviously, more head the game than me. He was had perfecto. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he, he and, and but I remember being there on a Monday night, and he went, he said, oh, "I've made a new tune." I went, "So I've always." He went, "What's it called?" I went, "Mental." That's what mine's called. I went, "Oh, I went." I won't swear. Oh, get away! I said, "I oh, look." I said, "You've had loads of things come." I said, "You can't, you can't do this." I've got it all because what had happened? I was working with this guy, rest in peace, Erskine Thompson, who got in touch with me and went, "There is no finer time than uh, hello, Jim Tobin." Had. He said, no finer time for you to make a record, he said, than now. And this is 88. So I'd heard this record came through, and it was a, it was a rip-off, as you probably know. It was a Hypnosis by Droid, and, and they'd used um, the Georgia Moroda in the background of it. And I turned around and went, look, no one's on this. We could do something with this. So we recreate, recreated it with a guy called Richard Cole, and... Um, went in the studio with that and a guy called Paul Borg who I ended up making audio deluxe with um, we went in there and uh, beefed it up and everything and I'm always going you need it called something and of course at the time when I used to mix on the crossfade when I'd go really silly it would sometimes I mean that's crazy when I think back it would sometimes engineer that mental 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 and they would be chanting mental as I was mixing and I'll find them I'll be, I've got it I've got it I said there's a new chant coming out called mental we call it mental. 
So he did that with that multi-tracked it, had mental, mental and all of that business on it. Went to make the video of it, which Bob Jones is on. And um and we would Morgan was trying to lease it to either Eddie Gordon or Pete Tong. They were both after it. And uh by the time it actually got out, he went to Eddie Gordon. Just at the time when it came out, Pete Tong signed um French Kiss? Yeah. French kiss and it just killed it. So we went up to 20, we went up, we went up higher than that. But then what happened back in the days, God bless him, Erskine Thompson had gone out and bought quite a few copies of it and we got weighted, which you know in the business, if it's a bit unbalanced in certain areas, they'll penalise you and drop it down. And he'd bought up a, a certain amount in a shop and we got penalised. So we went in at 28, I think, and next week it's 29. So. And then, of course, French Kiss come out, and that was the new flavour. Not only that, just at that time, was just going bad on the press, where I remember looking at the telly and there's a police van being rocked and they're all chanting mental, and I was like, oh, God, no. So now it's become the, 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 the nasty part of it. It looked like the nasty part. You know, mental, mental, trying to push over a police wagon. So there you go. <laughs> You've had an illustrious career. That fun. <laughs> I've also made the um, the seminal Blairic tune, sixty seconds, which and that came that came from Barry on Spectrum. It's a great story uh, when we were doing Spectrum up, in, and and we used to put tapes on while we were going up there. And Barry was he used to be on the door at Spectrum. Um, every, you know, people that went there, original people like Steve Altman, that that were there. We all know Barry, and you remember Barry. So he was on the door for us up there on the way back. He was playing all this music, and it was um, he played a bit of Suspiria and all different. <laughs> he called it acid opera. And one bit of music came on, and I went, and it was Suspiria. And I went, I didn't know. I didn't. This is that music from a few dollars more, isn't it? Where they opened the watch. He went, no, this is Suspiria. I know what you mean, though, blah, blah, blah. And with that, I went to a guy called Morgan King and said about it, and he went, oh, that's with these keyboard riffs and everything, which went on to be what I did with Paul, because all had luck, 60 seconds. And, uh, yeah, one housey, very downbeat, but... And it's the seminal sort of Balearic tune. You're, um... You managed to be at the right place at the right time and come at the end of that tour in 93, you kind of stepped out of music or gradually stepped out of music? I, I slowly became uh, I slowly became an alcoholic. I, I didn't step out of music. I think that music stepped out of me. I, I, was, um, I was becoming unreliable. Um, I, I discovered, not discovered alcohol, I turned to alcohol to, to cover may not be able to deal with a divorce particularly well. Um, and I, I was sort of honing my skills as, a, as a, an alcoholic, which I'm fortunate to say I'm a recovering alcoholic these days. But um, And, of course, by 1999, um, I was in the rooms of a, a certain recovery section, which will remain anonymous. But there's a strange thing, because a few years later I'd moved to Thailand and I sort of hung up my sleeve, you know what I'm going to say. I'd hung up my slip mats and I thought, you know what? I've got to stop rainbow chasing because maybe I should just try and retire gracefully. And I met a young lady. I was living in Thailand, a place called Koh Samui. And I can remember walking through the town one day and there's a sign saying, tonight, Ray Keith. And I went, I think I know him. I'm sure it's got to be the same one, Ray Keith. 
And uh, so I come out with this girl, with my chores there, and I walked in. I remember walking and seeing her. I go, Ryan, you've gone. What the, what the what, hell are you doing here? Kind of. I was so shocked. Like, she stopped, I put a long extended record on. And I was like, what are you doing here, Colin? He was like, I'm out here teaching English. And, and, I, and I was like, and my face was like, what? You need to get your ass back to England. We've got shit to do. And it wasn't soon after that that you, you, you were back. Well, I moved back here and it was funny because I got married to a girl out there and you know, uh, for, you know, um, and we moved over, I moved back over here and a guy called Al DeMello, you've met, um, asked me to do a Flicks reunion. And uh, it's funny because a few years later, he, he said to me, when you are now at the level next, I was rusty as whatever, you know, it's just very clunky All the mixing skills weren't honed like they were. I remember a few years later, Al said to me, he went, you're actually back at the level now. I remembered you when you stopped. So be honest, you was pretty rusty when I started using you again. Uh, and we started doing the Flicks reunions once a year and we just had to cancel another Big one. Big shout out to Ardil. Ardil, Ardil Rashid and, and Al DeMello, yeah. They've looked and, after and also you. A guy called, you've had some good people around. Yeah, you, and yeah. Ian Sellens. Ian yeah. Sellens was a mad one. Ian Sellens had a disco shop across the road from where I live in, in Grace. And... Uh, I'd gone over there to get something, you know, a bit of equipment for it. And he turned around and he went, uh, so I come back. I walked over the next day and he went, oh, you won't believe it. I said, your ears must be in. that? He said, you left here. He said, a bloke come in. He said, he's called Al DeMello. He walked in. He said, he turned around and was getting something. He went, don't ever see a bloke called Colin Udd, do you? He's just walked out the door. Um, so he got us in touch with each other to do the Flicks reunion. So that's why that all come back together. How long have you been a recovering alcoholic, if you don't mind me asking? Um, 1999, I got into the rooms. Yeah. It doesn't seem a day too long. Probably the best thing I've ever done. If I wanted to ask you as well, would you change anything? Oh, it's really weird, isn't it? We, you know, we were talking about this the other day. With, you know, I've got married again recently, third time lucky, to a girl called Keely, and... And people, you know, her mum says, oh, I wish you'd have met years before. And, and we're going, do you know what? We met at this point in our lives when all of that's behind both of us. So is it right that it should just be how it was, you know? I mean, look, most of my friends become millionaires and, you know, multi-award winners, you know. I, I messed up. But do you know what? I sucked that up and I own it. Um, I've got the best relationship ever with my daughter. I've got a wonderful lady now in my life. You met Keely. who's at my wedding. Yes, I was. Thank you very much. <laughs> and massive respect out there to Wayne, who tried to get his photo taken with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I went to his wedding and, and this geezer come up to me, you Ray Keith? I went, yeah. And he went, can I have a photo? I went, no, mate. I said, I'm at my, my pal's wedding reception. It's not about me. And he kind of looked at me as if to say, what? Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm not being disrespectful, but I... <laughs> It's not my day today. I said, catch me in a club, catch me outside <laughs> anytime. But um, there's people in your life, Colin, that 
And, and I'm going to ask you this question, and I know we've actually been talking for about an hour, That's or actually happened. 55 minutes because we started at five yeah. past, but this is this is my chance to document things with you yeah. because I think that it's really important that a, a legacy is left, even though we have a, our, our legacy. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've managed to write a book. You did the forward for my book. Yeah. I actually cried when I read it with my daughter <laughs> for the really, first time. Oh, bless yeah. you, the, fir the, first, um, the, the first copy arrived at my house, and I was so choked and actually I did a post on Instagram and I think what it is is when you read the book hopefully like yourself it's a book of inspiration mm. because some people do go past you and they have it all and sometimes you're left thinking what if what when should have would have could have saddest book ever written <laughs> but but what I'm saying to you is your health is your wealth yeah for me personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I've had my own struggles. And also, happiness is the key. Mm. Because the, the happier you are, I mean, I'm not even coming on the decks today. I just want to watch you play because it just reminds me. I said out. to him off camera, I was like, are you sure? Are you all right to play for an hour? Because I was going to jump on, but I don't even want to jump on. Because he's like the master. <laughs> like, like, what can you, what, what, he, you know, everything I know and I've, I, you know, I know that we were on the tape packs, and thousands of people uh, bought that, bought those tape packs, and they listened to them. But what, and that chopping, which I used to do, yeah. came from you because that was, and then and then there was lots of things that came after that. There was the double yeah. dropping, yeah, yeah, yeah. which Andy C and Mampy Swift and Randall. These guys would go on to own that type of making two records sound as one. But even listening to Mr. C and Eva Lady Richards, Kid Bachelor, um, you, it, um, it, it was just Paul Trouble Anderson. It was on a next level of like, uh, like music education that I would soak it up and I would like, how the hell do they fit that with that? Yeah. But it was telling a story and it doesn't, mm. you know, you play from the heart. Like I play from the heart. Mm. I don't practice my set. No, I'll go there and I'll watch the floor and, that's and, yeah. and, and, and that's how, how yeah. it's got to be. Yeah. Um, who, who was your, who was your DJ that inspired you? That when you were growing up and you looked up and you went, oh, I were, fancy a piece of this. There were two guys and they were talking DJs and the, Sadly, they're both depart, passed now. One was um, a guy called Steve Wood. His real name was Ian Woodward. Had Woodward's in Grace, um, a clothes shop. But um, he would be at the Velvet uh, Velvet Lady, which is above Circus Tavern, and he was one of these people um, just firing all along. I used to nick some of his lines. He was one of those. It came naturally to say things, you know, you know the, the stuff like this. They're doing it for dance of the virgins. They're doing it for memory. Blah blah. blah. All those little one-liners that you'd, you'd have to have to interact with the crowd back then. And the other guy was a guy who used to work at Sweeney's. Was a guy called Terry Ray. Um, his wife came to um, to to the wedding. Um, he, he passed away last year very sadly. And uh, and he was another one. He had Sweeney's in Basildon. And, and and they were that was they were. Not musically, but in a, 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 a personality-wise, as an entertainment factor, they had something that I, I I had to work. I had to work hard on that bit. It was all right with the music. I would say, in some ways, I might have been better with the music knowledge than they heard, but they had something that I, I had to work on the, the personality side of it. Yeah, so they were the two people I looked up to. I used to watch Jimmy Dixon and uh, Ian Jerry, and they were very confident on the mic. Yeah. They, they kind of had that Bobby Vincent sexy yeah, yeah, voice yeah, yeah. kind of like, not yeah. like, 
these guys, they, yeah. they sound the nuts. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And the presentation w was always amazing. Actually, I have got something for you. Because I, 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 brought, I brought it down with me. This is it. Live on camera. This is the Blueprint special. <laughs> and actually, Colin kindly, when I asked him, he did the forward for me. Uh, to dearest Colin, uh, my good friend, thank you for the inspiration. I love you and loved watching you in heaven. Love always, Ray. Oh, look, and there's in forward by Colin Hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Come here. What? <laughs> Come here, you. <laughs> if it wasn't for, like, seriously, it's, it wasn't just, you know, what you guys did, we managed to take it to a, to another level and I can't thank you enough for that because I always think I'm so passionate and I love the music we've helped a lot of people someone's going to get this bag as a present you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> you're so recycle, recycle. yeah of course I did the same thing my kids are, oh, my kids are saying, I, I unwrap my presents quite carefully sometimes because I'm always willing to, to recycle no it's been wow. an absolute pleasure for, oh, for not, you to help and also to document you know <laughs> Um, I, I mean, as we said, memories sometimes get faded, and we, we're not always um, we're, not, we're not always like you know like you can't remember everyone and everything. No. But if you can get get a majority of it down, I mean, now the next thing for me after doing the Dark Soldier book, I'm going to do a documentary which we've shot already six hours right. of footage, uh, and that's called Dread at the Controls. And I want to leave a legacy that people know where we came from, not just how we got here, like like Jungle Drum and Bass is here, yeah. but what was before that yeah, and what was yeah, before yeah. that yeah, 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 yeah. and what, what was, and how do all of those dots connect? Because this is what, and how it's pushed it forward, even to the new generation now. Do you know what I mean? Of what's what's going on? Mm. What, what does the future hold for you now? Do you know, I don't know. I, I've got a, a radio show I, I was doing on Stomp, which I did my last one last Saturday because, and people are going, oh, he's retired. I said, no, I haven't retired. I just want me saddies back. You know, I was just talking to uh, Dorian earlier. It was like, it was f four o'clock till seven, you know, and, and Keely finishes work at three. Not that it's all about Keely, but, you know, she finishes work at three. You know, I was driving home to do my show and then finishing at seven and and it was just like, and, it, and even Scott, who owns the radio show, he, he said, like, I totally get it. I totally get Maybe it. you could pre-recording the week. I could do. And, you know, look, we're but you talking. you like that live. We're talking. I like the live thing. You know, that's the, the only thing I've always missed, you know, is a crowd. I mean, I don't know how you do it every week. You know, I, part of me is like I want to see people. I love looking at an empty bit of floor and trying to fill that bit up, you know, to, to just stand there with a microphone mixing. It's all right, but I like to see the feedback because that's that, all I knew. Yeah, you that's come from I that knew, culture. You know? Yeah, like three people on the dance floor, and the next minute, it's. I did it a couple of weeks ago. I was playing in Bristol. They put me in a side room. And there was like three people on the dance floor, and then half an hour later, there was two hundred people yeah, on there. Yeah, but yeah, because yeah. you, 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 you're, yeah. you're building the floor, yeah, and exactly. you don't mind starting from no, scratch. No, do you know what right, I mean? That's right. Um, I, I just want to say. 
what, how grateful we are to artists and DJs like you who have helped pave the way for people like myself. Not just me, you know, anybody you speak to from Essex, Colchester, London, you know, I've seen you play at Heaven. I've seen you play at the Tartan House. I've seen you play uh, Mangled. I've seen you play at... Um, You've seen me mangled. I've seen you be mangled. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing about it is, like any youngster coming into this they don't teach you about fame they don't no. teach you about drugs they don't teach no. you about addiction they they don't no. see the depression of being on tour and playing to 120,000 people and then being isolated in your room left to your own devices yeah. for two or three days you're home alone your family suffer there's breakups there's there's not that many makeups it's a selfish thing mm. what we do, but it costs us a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's um and and you've got and you've got to be dedicated. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm over half a century now. I'm not going to go into the exact uh, figure, but what I'm saying is, I still love what I do, but I do see it changing. There's certain things I don't like now. Yeah. As you get older, you and you start to turn to different things, you yeah. know. And I think um, it, it's all about if you can bow out gracefully and also embrace change. I mean, I'm still going to keep going until we keep going. I don't no, know when that... Exactly. A, until exactly. I fall out of love yeah, of yeah, it yeah, and yeah. then some, some other door will open, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. But I just wanted to, on a personal note and through a lot of my other friends and peers, um, we could be talking for hours, you know that. We've gone right over, like, I want you. To, I want to listen to you play some music because that just brings back so many memories for me. So if right. you wouldn't mind gracing the deck, I don't for mind. Us. I don't mind. And uh, I know. Uh, I thank you for this today, Ray. Because as you know, oh, um, Colin had some really bad news last week. Unfortunately, am I? Allowed, are you? Yeah, all right? of course, yeah? Of course, of course, um, of course. Colin's uh, brother passed away last week, and he messaged me. We always keep in contact. We always talk. We always shout at each other and make sure we're, we're okay. And um, so thank you very much for coming on because I know that it's heartbreaking, when, especially when it comes out of the blue. But again, yeah. it's adversity and it's how you deal with it. Exactly. And I'm glad we've been able to keep you focused on something Yeah, I know, and I appreciate that. Because no, you, be you said to me, I hope it's not too soon. It might do you a favour. And, and it has. It's taken me away. Sometimes it's a way of it's out. It's about getting away from. Colin, we love you, brother. I can't tell you how much you mean to us, and I'm so happy that right. we're all still part of the journey. We're going to set up right now. I'm going to let Colin get okay. settled in. Um, I'm going to take the mic. I'm not even going to play any music. Um, I am just going to move these chairs out of the way, and we are going to get set up to play some music.